Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome to 929, the weekly podcast that serves you with your Monday morning inspiration and advice to help you win the week ahead. 929 is a podcast from Fiverr the digital freelance marketplace, and I'm your host, Ishan Akbar. Today, I'm talking to Rand Fishkin, the co-founder of audience and market research brand SparkToro. You know, if you want to know what podcasts engineers in Canada listen to, SparkToro can tell you what people who are fans of Dungeons & Dragons uh, follow, listen to, read, watch, what are their demographics. SparkToro can tell you that too. Rand's approach to running SparkToro is really interesting because he takes a chill work approach, which has worked successfully for the company. I want to build something remarkable and I want to do it in a way that also serves the life that I want to build. I think there's some beauty in that harmony. Rand's passion is about the idea that success is measured by the work you put out rather than the time you put in. So what can you take from Rand's chill work approach and will it change your approach to your week ahead? Let's take a breath and get into it. Here's Rand. What kind of gap in the market did SparkToro fill? Yeah, so my co-founder Casey and I felt like there was a huge opportunity to help show marketers and market researchers more about online audiences without forcing them to, A, do very intensive surveys and, and interview processes, or B, try and manually build software systems to go crawl their customers' public profiles. That is what SparkToro does. So, you know, if you want to know what podcasts engineers in Canada listen to, SparkToro can tell you. If you want to know what people who are fans of Dungeons & Dragons uh, follow, listen to, read, watch, what are their demographics, SparkToro can tell you that too. So you and Casey, you're working together at Moz, from my from the research that we've done, were you cooking up this idea when you were working there? Were you trying to pitch it to people at Moz, or how did it come about? No, no. Uh, so, let's see. Casey left Moz in 2013, I want to say. Mm-hmm. So he hadn't been there for a long time. We'd worked together, I think we'd overlapped for maybe three or four years. And when I left Moz, Casey and I started chatting about some side projects he'd been doing. He'd worked at a number of other companies over the years, we realized that we had this shared interest and alignment and had a lot of had a lot of alignment on other facets of building a business and a startup as well many of which involved not building something that was venture backed avoiding a lot of the classic tropes of hustle culture we thought hey we want to build a product like this we want to work in this way let's start a team you mentioned trying to do something that was slightly different from this, what seemed to be the status quo around hustle culture and exponential growth and all this. How did you find negotiating that when everyone else around you seems to be embracing this 100% pedal to the metal attitude? I think the nice thing is we 
we're at and and even today are at a moment in time when a lot of people are thinking about this even if there's not embrace of it from the you know sort of top of the org chart so i think there's a, a tremendous hunger and desire for rational high quality smaller amounts of work and prioritizing health and happiness and getting into you know that state of flow and focus which can only happen for a few hours at a time all of those things are in in my opinion circling around this broader conversation or broader issue of you don't need to work hard to do well and the purpose of life is not to work hard uh, on the website it says that you've got a, a chip on your shoulder about making spark toro a great company what what does this mean my experience at the end of my tenure at Moz was very challenging in lots of ways. You know, for listeners who might not be familiar with that company, I started it actually with my mom as my co-founder back in 2003. You know, initially as a consulting business, then it became a software company, scaled up to, I think, nearly $50 million in revenue when I left. And I had been CEO for a long time. I stepped down as CEO in 2014 and stayed at the business a few more years. And during those few more years, I had a lot of disagreements with the board of directors and with the management leadership team about where they were taking this company that I built and, and felt like, you know, I felt like it was mine, which, which is my own psychological problem. Because <laughs> that, that was not true the day I signed the first, you know, venture fundraise. But that led me to a place where I feel very strongly about proving to myself, first and foremost, but also, you know, a short list of people who I think didn't didn't trust or believe in me or think that my decision making was rational or the right way to go, that I know how to do this. It's been so refreshing talking to you to get this sense of this chill work idea, particularly, as you said, over the last two years, the relationship between work and home, the lines have been blurred so much. What do you think people listening to this episode can take from your experiences and approach to business? What do you think they can learn from it? I do think that if you're looking at the SparkToro model, you might see an opportunity to take some of the ideas that we have around, you know, a very low meeting culture, a very low decision-making blocking culture, a very light on, you know, strict deadlines and more about prioritizing work and getting it out when we can. Also look at the, you know, relative speed and success of the business and say, oh, this is, this is a way that you can, by prioritizing the most important things and by putting in the few hours that you do work to do your best work, you can produce outcomes that are better than lots of people in a you know heavily structured format working very hard and very long do you mind having a go at trying to explain why quickly and succinctly you think putting humanity ahead of business would give you a better business yeah absolutely i think that people are not machines we are not hammers you know, hitting nails, and we are no longer in an industrial revolution or an agrarian society where we just are the quantity of work output that we do. In an information technology society and a business like a software as a service company that, that we're building, 
the most important thing that you can do is very high quality work and excellent decisions. And it's more important that you do small amounts of those than large amounts or lengthy time periods of low quality work or bad decision making. And how do you get those results? You build an environment where people feel psychologically safe to share their fears, to share their concerns, to take time off if they're sick, to care for a loved one, to not worry about the million things that all of us worry about in our personal and professional lives that are always impacting the decisions that we make and how good they are and the quality of work and output that we do. And so I believe, and, and there is lots of data to back this up. You can look up, um, for example, Google's Project Aristotle did a ton of uh, research into this field that if you build an environment like this that puts humanity first, you will end up with better business outcomes. It's a paradox, but easily explained with logic. Well, Rand, thank you so much for your time on 929. You've certainly inspired me and made me feel more chilled out about my work as well, to be fair. What will you take away from Rand this week and put into practice? Was it that being comfortable with getting your work done quicker than you might have expected and enjoying the rest of your day might be a good thing? Or trusting that your colleagues can and will try to produce their best work if they're happy with other aspects of their lives? Personally, I think what Rand is trying to say makes sense. You should use your time wisely to make the best decisions. I hope his perspective has given you some inspiration to take with you for the next seven days whilst you win the week ahead. Thank you so much for listening. Please hit follow and I'll be back with you again next Monday morning. Until then, have a great week. Mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.